0: You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network, powered by Interstate Batteries. From your truck to your trail camera, Interstate Batteries has you covered. Visit your local Interstate Battery store today or online at interstatebatteries.com. Interstate Batteries, outrageously dependable.
1: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Ohio Huntsman Podcast. And this week we're talking about lead ammunition and, you know... Us as sportsmen, lead ammunition is is one of the few things, few places where where people still come into contact with lead, fishing sinkers, lead ammunition, that sort of thing. So we kind of talk about what we know, you know around some of the the concerns with lead, whether it's to humans or wildlife, and just kind of our thoughts our stance on on lead ammunition but before we get into that i want to talk about our title sponsor which is the blue collar bull sale in somerset ohio so any of you out there running cattle got a a herd of cattle a couple head of cattle whatever you got listen up the sale is going to be march 27th so it's coming up it's in somerset ohio and these are herd improvement bulls. So whether you're a purebred breeder or a commercial producer, these bulls will add value to your next calf crop. So if that's something that you're you're looking to do, you're looking to add value, these are these are high value bulls. Check them out. Go to Facebook and search blue collar bull sale and there you'll find all the information you need on where it's going to be, what they're going to have to offer all the details. So check them out at the Blue Collar Bull Sale. These bulls are bred to work. Welcome to the Ohio Huntsman Podcast, where three brothers, Jason, Jacob, and Jeff, discuss all things hunting in Ohio. Our goal is to be your source for accurate and reliable hunting news and conservation issues in the great state of Ohio, as well as some fun and interesting conversations along the way. This is the Ohio Huntsman Podcast.
0: Are you listening?
1: All right, so, lead. Lead is, uh, I don't even know where to start with lead. It, it's one of those things that seems to garner some debate, especially in the, the outdoors communities, with hunting and fishing, where it's still used, you know, I don't know. I don't know that I would say predominantly, but there's a lot of applications in ammunition and fishing weights and things where lead is still used. Lots of other household uh, items where lead has been removed. So I guess we were just going to kind of have a conversation today about lead. You know, uh, I don't even. Uh, me personally, I don't even want to say, should you be using lead or or moving away from lead or, you know, because I just, I don't know. But the three of us thought it would be a worthwhile conversation to just kind of explore some of what's out there and just talk through it. So, Jeff, I I know you said you had done a little bit of research. You got a a jumping off point for us on this?
2: Yeah, I mean... There's kind of two two facets of, you know, when you're talking about lead and whether it should be being used or not, kind of in the hunting and fishing world, the outdoors world, um, you know, because you've got the, the human health side of it, and then right. you have the environmental health side of it. You know, there's kind of two... Two camps of, uh, why we might want to start moving away from the use of lead.
1: All right. One of the, one of the biggest and probably most well publicized is the, you know, the effects of lead on the, the condors, right? The California condor and how that, you know, they eat, uh, um, carrion, I guess is probably the, you know, dead critters, dead things. And so eating on, right. you know, critters that have been shot with lead bullets and then ingesting lead. And I I think what I've read is, like, that was pretty well, pro- and maybe I'm wrong on this, uh, but that, like, they could prove or correlate that lead was having a statistically significant impact on the condor population, and was therefore one of the big reasons why California moved to ban lead ammunition? Is that your guys' understanding as well?
2: Yeah, I mean, there was definitely research that showed that there was uh, California condors and other uh, scavengers that were dying from ingesting lead from outdoor uses you know from animals that had been shot and gut piles or animals that were shot and never recovered and then also from uh fish you know that had ingested lead um a lot of times the fish that are ingesting lead is they're ingesting waiters that have fallen off.
1: Oh, like weights, wait, line weights or whatever. Yes, yes, yeah. yes,
2: weights. Yeah, they're ingesting those bottom feeders, you know, catfish, stuff like that. Will right, okay. <clears throat> ingest that and then a animal comes along and eats that fish. And gets all that lead into them.
0: Right. My And again, I have not done a ton of research on the subject. But what I've heard is the big players and the big issues are the birds that basically eat small rocks and things for their crop to help digest food. If you're using lead ammunition, lead BBs, they use that in their crop and then that can infect their meat which then passes down the food chain and like jeff said the fish same thing they ingest it and then it passes on down to anything that it's that long-term exposure basically you know if you shoot an animal with lead bbs it's not going to hurt the animal you shot it's not you know what i mean As long as you get the BBs out of it, I guess, but it's not like an instant poisoning type thing. You know, it's that long-term exposure where that animal has it in its digestion for its whole life. Then it gets into its meat, which then passes down to whatever scavengers or. But on the flip side of that, I've seen research where guys who live. A hundred percent on fish and eat fish their whole life. The same fish that are being, you know, accused, so to speak, of ingesting all these weights, they never increase their lead markers. Like humans who eat blood infested fish, their lead mark never actually increase. So I've seen both sides of the argument. So I don't, like I said, I don't know enough to speak on one side or the other, but I have seen studies or heard things where it's like, you know, these people who live in whatever indonesia or somewhere where that's all fish i mean they eat fish all day every day and their lead markers are never any higher right but
2: yeah and i mean with fish kind of the big culprit for the heavy metal that's the big culprit with them is mercury um you know that's kind of more what you hear with fish is the mercury versus the lead um yeah
1: and that's more in, like, the long-lived fish, right? Swordfish yes. and, and that kind of stuff.
2: Right, and and bioaccumulation. You know, it's the higher up the food chain, basically, the, the more uh, heavy metals you get, and that's with both lead and mercury, you know, uh, because each step you go up the food chain, that thing's eating... You know, more and more of its food is got the heavy metals in it, so it accumulates as you step up the food chain.
1: Sure.
2: Um, so that's kind of and yeah, the the birds using it for their crops is kind of another facet of it. Um, you know, because you have the scavengers that are getting it from scavenging dead animals. But then you have animals that are not scavengers or primarily scavengers that are also getting lead in them because they're ingesting either lead just themselves. You know, with the birds, they're they're just flat out ingesting the lead, um, or they're ingesting animals that are ingesting the lead. <clears throat> right. So that's kind of the environmental aspect of it, you know, kind of what the environmental worries are and, you know, not always does lead poisoning kill, you know, sometimes it just affects, you know, reproduction um, or just survive, you know, the lead isn't killing it, but it's basically making the animal, for lack of a better word stupid and it's getting
1: susceptible to predation
2: right right Um, and with the birds using it in their crops I mean we have determined as a nation if you will that in the waterfowl sector that it was so harmful that we banned the use of lead shot in waterfowl hunting Back in '91, you know, Bush enacted that in '91. So now we're 30 years removed from that, and we're, you know, we haven't really taken any more steps. I mean, California had their the California condor, and there 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 are other steps that are being taken, but nothing major national has been changed basically since 91
1: yeah i mean did have either of you heard any kind of research or, or read any kind of research where there's statistically significant impacts because uh, right i can i can see scavengers eating hunter-harvested, uh, you know, eaten on gut piles and they get some lead in their system. Because, right, I don't think there's any arguing if in a lab setting you feed a bird or an animal lead and it gets in their system, it has detrimental impact. I don't, I don't know that there's anybody arguing that. We know that it has a detrimental impact in humans, right? That's why we remove lead from gasoline, lead from paint it was causing problems but there there's like another layer to the argument that yes it's bad and 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 we all sort of accept the fact that it's bad but at to what end i guess like are there some animals dying from lead lead poisoning or you know like like Jeff you said it, it's affecting their their system enough to where maybe the bird can't fly right or you know it's there's something wrong with it to where it makes it easy pickings is there is there research that says it's having a statistically significant impact that i i guess that you guys are yeah. aware of
2: i the only research that i have seen where they have confirmed you know a statistically significant impact at the population level um was the the research that led up to the the lead and waterfowl um ban and then the research um with condors and scavengers in California okay but you know the California one you know that's yeah you know there could there definitely could have been some bias in their methodology you know their their results showed something but there definitely could have been some bias in the methodology right yeah you know Um, and that's kind of when you move into the, the human impact, that's really where you get into a lot of bias. You know, it seems like a lot of the studies that have been done with lead in game meat are, uh, you know, the only people that are interested are people who have a stake in it, you know? So it's, they, they are coming up with a conclusion before they even do the scientific experiment you know they, they want an outcome and they make sure that they get that outcome if you will
1: so are you saying on both sides like the, yeah so on
2: both sides yes
1: okay
0: um, so
1: like hunting organizations are trying to prove that it's not harmful no big deal don't worry about it anti-hunting um you know yeah save the deer are proving that it is harmful
2: yeah yeah and both both sides cuz kind of the the holy grail if you will like the study that everyone points to um on the human on leaden game meat and the impacts on humans um is a study that took place in North Dakota um in 2008 um and in my opinion the results were sort of inconclusive is how i would describe the results okay but the you know the pro hunting shooting sports side basically they say like oh it proves that it's not really having a you know an impact you know statistically significant impact and Kind of the other side is saying, oh, this proves that, you know, these people are getting lead poisoning, basically. Because what, what the, the study found, you know, they, they tested hunters who had ingested, you know, self-identified as ingesting game meat and different levels of game meat and different frequencies of game meat. And they had individuals ranging all the way from having zero micrograms of lead in their blood, you know, blood levels of lead, all the way up to 9.82 micrograms. And the CDC says that if you have above 10 micrograms, you are what's considered of having high or elevated lead levels in your blood. Like okay. that's kind of like the point where they needed to take action. Like you have higher than normal, like they need to basically do an environmental study and find where you are getting lead into All your right. system. Um, you know, they, they, they state that no, no lead is a safe amount of lead. But that 10 micrograms is like where they really think that they need to look into it. And like you could actually or you are likely, if you will, to develop problems like that's kind of their threshold. So no one had above the. The 10 micrograms, right? Also, kind of showing a little bit of a bias. Like this article cites this ten micrograms. Well, that ten microgram th- threshold is for children. Adults can have a higher level. Oh. So, and they don't they don't state that in in their you know their research. They just say like that this is the acceptable level, right. And basically their conclusion of their research is that adults should be cautious. Um, pregnant women and children under six should basically avoid eating meat that has been harvested using lead bolts. Um, that
1: was the conclusion
2: of the study or. Yes, that was their 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 recommendation due because of their conclusion of the study. You know, was that like you, yeah. that, that there is a uh, an impact and that they recommend that pregnant women and children under six avoid ingesting meat that was harvested using lead bullets. Sure. Now, where sort of a little bit more of, and now both sides of the argument kind of use that as their evidence of, like, it's not safe. You know, because the pro-shooting sports people say, like, oh, well, no one was above the threshold. And, you know, the anti-game meat and, you know, pro-environment-type anti-hunting crowd is saying no level safe. So just right, the fact right. that there, that these people did have elevated levels compared to nor you know people who didn't ingest game meat shows that there's a problem.
1: We need to pause here briefly and talk about our sponsor Monster Whitetail Grub. So Monster Whitetail Grub has anything you need from a deer feed and supplement standpoint. So they've got their signature Monster Whitetail Grub feed which we've used and had very good success with. They've got flavored corn, they've got straight mineral. I know I know people like to run straight mineral, or, or have mineral out in the springtime for fawn development, nursing does, antler development, lots of good reasons to have, have some uh, some mineral out. So check out Monster White Toe Grub for that. Go to OhioHuntsman.com slash sponsors, and you can get in touch with them and order their stuff.
2: Other studies, you know, have looked into the the lead in game meat and basically how it gets there um and things like that because what we're talking about is not in most cases not actual chunks visible chunks of lead in the meat or you know even things that would be detected by touch or taste or you know feel like it's not even like sand grains it's microscopic lead
1: right right
2: um and kind of some of the things they found to be concerned about is that faster moving bullets you know rifle basically rifles um put a lot more lead into the animal than slower moving bullets than shotguns and slug you know slugs Handguns you know slower Mm -hmm. Basically the slower the bullet The less lead transferred Um, But one thing that they found That was really surprising to me And they kind of said this is like a Like oh you know like a shocking thing But to me it was like wow that's shockingly small Is that they said that uh, Microscopic lead was found as far as six inches from the wound channel. And really? For me, it's like I, six inches ain't bad. You know, like. Yeah, because I've, s-
1: I've seen like x ray images where they x rayed an animal and it was, you know, like the x ray lit up like a Christmas tree with all these little specks of what they were calling lead in the carcass.
2: Yeah. Yeah, and that 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 surprised me. And potentially it was their definition of wound channel. You know, potentially they weren't they were saying like you know, it it can extend like 6 inches beyond like the blood shot or whatever. You know, like where the hy- hydrostatic shock goes, it can go 6 inches beyond that. You know, I don't know, but that was that was surprising to me. Yeah, because it's like, heck, that's that's not bad. You know, like if if I can just cut, you know, if I if I shoot a deer in the lungs. You know, I can go, you know, if I get just a center lung shot six inches in all direction, I'm not getting rid of much good meat. Right. You know, I'm getting rid of some ribs and some flank steak and. You know, things like that. Um, and another big culprit for lead in game meat is the bullets striking large bones. You know, you're basically you're shooting through the front shoulder and saving that meat, you know, on the front shoulders okay. or around, you know, because. The bullet striking a bone can really cause a lot of fragmentation. Um, and another big finding is that ground meat is the culprit, and commercially processed ground meat. They found that individuals, when they process their their ground, Have a lot less lead in it. Than. Really? When commercially processed. And. uh, You know there's. There's no real good hypothesis for that. You know they state some hypothesis. But there wasn't. A lot of like. They had no evidence. For anything. You know. So it could be that a commercial processor, they're basically under pressure to give you back as much meat as possible. Yeah. You know, so they are trimming a little closer to those wound channels and making that in the hamburger, where if you're doing it yourself, you are like, oh, you know, that's all wasted meat.
1: Yeah, that was going to be my hypothesis, is that, I mean... I I don't know this for a fact. I've never worked as a processor or in a processor, but from what you hear and read, you know, they they are they get accused a a lot of um you know, how how come I got so little meat back, you know? And
2: uh I've I've heard it time and time again. Yeah. You know, and I you know, and that's just at my limited experience of actually going into a processor. I've heard that, that conversation. Right. You know, of what, you know, how, how, you know, it was, a, you know, it was a big buck and I, you know, how'd I get back so little? Right. And it's like, well, you shot it through both hindquarters yeah. and, you know, it, it wasn't properly, you know field dressed, and you got some gangrene so like that's this is what you have
0: yeah yeah so i i mean well and if you're not the other thing is if you're someone who doesn't skin cut and quarter your own deer if you've never done that i mean there's a lot of weight from your deer that isn't actually meat (laughs) right you know when you start talking a scout i mean on a big buck a Big buck has big bones. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. I mean, all that weighs, the, it has weight to it. So, you know, I mean, yeah, you hang your big buck up and, you know, whatever, get a weight. It's like, oh, 200 and some pounds. Well, but that's, you know, with the head attached and the antlers and all this, you know, the skin, the everything, the bones. Yeah. Yep. It all has quite a bit of weight to it. So then when you take all that, if you're someone who doesn't do it yourself, you know, if you just drop a whole deer off, I mean, there's a lot that you're losing before you even get to the meat. Right. Yeah.
2: Well, that's one thing is the skin. I don't think a lot of people, I mean, to me, like a deer hide is surprisingly heavy. Yeah. Like I don't think people realize how heavy a deer hide is. You know, like, because just about every time I pick one up, it's like, wow, this is, you know, heavier than I was expecting.
1: Yeah.
2: You know, it's not like I'm picking up a bowling ball, but, you know, you kind of lift it up and it's like, oh, this is. Heavy and it's, uh, you know, it's also like dead weight, basically. So it's kind of hard to carry.
1: Yeah, it just hangs. But, yeah, you right. expect it to, like, pick up like a blanket. Right. Or something, you know. and It's right. not. A, it's far heavier than that
2: right right but yeah so ground is kind of the big culprit and commercially ground even more so because another thing that i was thinking about is i've been cutting up meat to grind myself and i you know i have a very small grinder so I have to cut it into very small pieces and found a slug in a hindquarter, you know, that I probably would have thrown entirely in, you know, like into a grinder had I had a industrial grinder because it, you know, it snuck its way in there. Like I, I had no idea that I shot the deer in that way. I had shot it through the front shoulder and like the deer was kind of bent like in a C shape. So I shot it through the front shoulder out through the ribs. Well, then it went back in and tucked in right up against the hip bone. And, you know, so it wasn't like there was a big hole in that hind quarter. There was, you know, just kind of, you know, had lost most of his energy and just kind of pushed its way in between the muscles. So, and yeah, you get a whole bullet that happens to go into a grinder. Yeah, they're going to hear it and stop the machine and, you know, but that's going to put a lot of lead, you know, powder into that machine. Right. But the the next kind of thing with the, the lead and is like Jason mentioned is they have, they X-ray these carcasses, you know, deer carcasses. And I actually read one study where they uh, shot pig carcasses. You know, they, they shot domestic pig carcasses to see how uh, the bullet fragmented and where the lead got Mm -hmm. and the it moves in a very unexpected way you know that was kind of another worry if you will was they said like you expect it to basically move in a circle you know like there's a contamination zone of a circle Sure, and they basically said like that's the the wound channel can go one way, and the lead fragments and like powder can go another way.
1: Hmm. So that's uh yeah. There's a uh, and and probably why it's hard to get like good clear information is there's so many different facets of this, right? There's a lot of variables at play and uh, so as I'm sure you know you the listener can tell we are by no means experts on this and are, are just trying to sort through the information ourselves so I guess where do you guys have you guys made a conscious decision on the type of ammunition you use or do you just buy what's Available and haven't really put much thought into it. Where do you fall on that spectrum?
2: So up until very recently, I was basically whatever, whatever works is what I'm buying. Right. Um, And when it came to uh, shotgun, you know, and hunting with shot shells for small games, stuff like that. You know, I was very adamant about lead. You know, I don't I don't want steel, it loses energy, you know, it doesn't hit as hard. You know, all of that basically. Sure. You know, steel steel is garbage. Um but this year I seemed to shoot a lot better when dove hunting with steel shot. And I, I, you know, I, I had heard steel advocates say that like, you know, dove hunting and bird hunting with steel like is, you know, once you kind of go to it and get used to it, you'll never go back because it's better, if you will, because, you know, steel, because it's lighter, it's faster. And because it's lighter you have more pellets, you know, you have a larger payload, you know, one ounce of steel and one ounce of lead. You have more pellets in one ounce of steel, you know, so you are increasing your hit probability also because steel doesn't deform, you get a tighter shot column.
1: Now I'm not sure your math works out here. eh? (laughs) If you're shooting the same weight of, I, I get that each individual pellet is lighter, but if you're shooting a one ounce load, isn't the muzzle right. velocity the same?
2: Uh, I you know I get what you're saying, and I I don't. All I know is if you uh, p- potentially they they put. Because it's a lighter, you know, projectile, mm-hmm. they, they increase the velocities, but like in the same price range, like, uh, I'm trying to think of what it's called, like federal Game and target. They sell that in both steel and lead. Okay. The steel is faster. Like the, the advertised velocity is faster
1: okay,
2: um, but yeah i I do get what you're saying, and that doesn't make sense, so i don't I don't necessarily know that answer you know, yeah. i I don't have an engineering brain, so I didn't question it, <laughs> but now i now that you point it out, it's like, oh yeah, that doesn't make a lot of sense.
1: No, I don't know. Yeah, I I've, but, I've never compared lead to steel. Yeah.
0: <clears throat> I mean, I can see
1: a, on a on an individual like, you know, if I'm shooting a uh, you know, whatever, let's call it a 36 grains st- well, I'm shooting a bullet of equal size, one made out of lead and one made out of steel, the the steel bullet is lighter and will therefore in theory, should shoot faster right. with the same amount of propellant.
2: Yeah. But what I was going to say is that I have... This year, I I shot better with steel, you know, and I, I was only using steel because I was going duck hunting, and then after I was done duck hunting, I was gonna try to shoot some doves so I threw steel you know a box of steel six or seven shot in the car just so I didn't have any lead to potentially get myself in trouble with
1: right yeah
2: you know I I wouldn't accidentally have any lead shot on me whatsoever um and it it seemed to do A better job. I shot better with it. And, Hmm. you know, a lot of people say that there's no range, you know, like you, you can't shoot at any distance with especially small steel shot. Right. And I shot, you know, probably the farthest I've ever shot it of, you know, this year with steel shot. Hmm. You know, I, I, it was a good ways out there. And I was, you know, basically throwing up a prayer and I smoked it.
1: I wonder if that has to do with the, like you said, the, the pellets deforming, right? Cause that, I mean, you see a lot of different solutions or, or attempts at keeping pellets spherical or, you know, whatever their original shape was in lead shot shells with, You know, some kind of polymer buffer that goes in between the pellets to, you know, keep them from smashing. Right. But then they're going to be forced through a choke. I don't, you know, I don't know that the buffer helps much with that. I I think it's more of that initial launch, that push, right, where everything wants to squeeze together when it's going Mm -hmm. from zero motion to, you know, thousand plus feet per second. Right. And so maybe the steel holds its shape better.
0: Here's a thought then, and I have no idea if this is true. I've never done this comparison. But maybe in the ammunition world, maybe you can, because steel doesn't deform, maybe they're putting more powder behind it. And that's why it's going faster at the same weight.
1: Right. Uh, Yeah, I don't know.
0: I don't know. I'm just thinking maybe you can put more powder in there and launch it and get better velocities because you don't have to worry about it Deforming, or you know, I don't know <laughs> that might yeah. explain why you get better muzzle velocities out of steel. If there, I maybe there isn't more powder, I have no idea, but that's just yeah. something that came to my mind.
2: Well, yeah, or a different type of powder, you know, maybe lead can't handle as much of an initial shock as steel can, you know, so they have to use a slower burning powder with lead than they do with steel. You know, I don't know. I all I know is that uh, you know the advertised velocities are different, and everybody says that steals faster. Yeah. But now, the, yeah, yeah. When you pointed it out, it was like, well, yeah, that doesn't make any sense. Um, so, and I think, and also, a lot of applications with a shotgun, it doesn't make enough difference to make a difference. You know, I I think if you're between steel and lead, like if you're shooting at doves and you're missing, it's because you're a crappy shot, and it's not the, the I mean, ammo can matter, but it's not steel versus lead that is what the problem is. You know, you Amen. might have easy. I miss <laughs> but, a lot. <laughs> well, so do I. <laughs> I I went. And shot a whole box of shells and got a dove this year. (laughs) And I, that was embarrassing. Public land, whole box of shells. And like, there was people not coming over to this field because they heard me over there just blasting away, you know? So then (laughs) I'm walking out past their fields and you know, there's still doves flying around. You know, yeah. And I got, you know, I have one dove, <laughs> and you know,
0: it's like this is embarrassing. And I, you yeah. know, the whole
2: time I'm just hoping that these people aren't asking, like, oh, you know, how how'd you do? Yeah. You know, luckily they. I just kind of walked past, and you know, it was it was getting dark. It was getting late, so. Everyone was kind of wrapping up. Yeah. But yeah, I left the field because I had no more shells to shoot. <laughs> so, and I, I, that's kind of why the other reason was like, well, I can't shoot any worse with steel. And yeah, I'm there like, you go. Might as well just throw steel in the car so that I don't have any lead anywhere around for me to accidentally pick up. Yeah. And, I, you know, it was kind of one of those things where I started pulling the trigger and birds were falling. And it's like, well, that's interesting. You know, like I've, I've been shooting terrible and now I'm hitting what I'm shooting at.
1: I want to talk here briefly about our sponsor Maston's Deer Sense. So Mastin's as the name implies is a deer scent company and one of the great things about Mastin's is their prices. If you haven't been to their website to check out their prices I encourage you to do that Mastin'sdeerscents.com and just go on and and see what they're charging for a bottle of liquid scent. While you're there look at some of the other products they offer like their scented gel crystals, they've got scented candles which you use in their double scent stacker like deer scented candles candles dough estrus candles those sorts of things so lots of cool and interesting options so check them out mastinsdeersense.com so for it, it sounds like you maybe inadvertently switched to lead because of your 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 new found interest in in waterfowl hunting
2: Oh yeah, switch to steel. Yeah, I mean that's the only reason oh, I yeah, had. Sorry. Yeah, I mean that was. I mean, I I had steel shot, but it was basically I bought it because it was cheap or what was available. Um, but now it's. I I I don't think if if I have the option to choose, you know, price being relatively the same, if I have the option to choose between a box of steel and a box of lead bird shot, I'll probably pick up the steel. Um, okay. Because, you know, I, I'm not, you know, when you're shooting squirrels or crab, I mean, I, I did have a bad prior to this, really the only time I had ever hunted was steel. I did sort of have a bad experience. Um, I was rabbit hunting with steel four shot. And you guys know me. If, if the thing's still moving. I'm going to still shoot. If it's still running. I'm still shooting. <laughs> right. And yeah. uh, I ended up. Shooting a rabbit four times. Before it stopped running. Oh. Now, you know. Probably. After two. The thing was done. But I. I ended up shooting four times. And, you know, I kind of, in my head, blame that on, like, oh, it's, you know, the steel shot. It doesn't have any weight to it. So. Yeah. But, you know, it's probably marginal shooting and me enjoying the pull the trigger. Yeah. And
1: uh, so was know, there a lot of holes in it? Uh, not.
2: Not not as many as there should have been by shooting four times you know i and you know i was shooting like in the brush it was you know rabbit hunting yeah but yeah i i mean i i shot very quickly you know like i was really pulling the trigger so probably after two you know i i may have missed more than you know one or more of those shots sure um after two it was hit and you know after four it stopped moving (laughs) okay so there wasn't a ton of holes it wasn't like i blasted the thing but you know in my head i already had a bias that like you know because i i think i it was the I wanted to use a larger shot size and that was the only four shot I could find oh, okay. was, you know, cause I, I wanted to use something bigger than six and I don't think they had five and the only four I could find was steel. So I bought, you know, that steel four shot and had that experience with it.
1: So what do you guys what do you guys deer
2: hunt with? I I currently use lead. Um and that's primarily just out of you know that's what I could find. Yeah. You know that's um when I when I bought my 4570 um you know I bought it second hand and the guy sold me his his ammo with the gun. So the gun was sighted in for that ammo. I kept it that way. I still use that ammo now. Um and then with the 350 Legend, I yeah, I you know, I didn't even put any thought into verse steel or lead, you know, well not steel, but you know, lead or non-toxic. Right. You know, I just bought what was available at the store. Yeah, yeah. I think that's one of the big drawbacks. You know, with shooting a shotgun, there seems to be a lot of non-lead options. You know, back when it was a shotgun-only state, I shot non-lead ammo. You know, I shot yeah. copper solids or uh, brass bullets. You know, um, but. Once I switched to a 4570, I started using lead ammo again because I never consciously really chose to switch away from lead.
1: Right. It was okay.
2: just that's just what was available and what worked well for me was ammo that was non-lead.
0: Jake, what about you? Um, as embarrassing as this is, I would assume it's lead. I shoot hand loads that dad loads. Mm, I yeah. think they're lead bullets. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah I don't that, purchase that, them, but are. I did that silver so medal in there, that's lead. Yes, lead. That's what I assumed. I just Yeah. yeah. So lead, that's all I've ever shot. I shoot a forty five seventy and I didn't really even have a choice, really. I won my forty five seventy at a gun raffle from like a, one of those side games and dad came over with a bag of 60 handloads and said here's some bullets okay cool thanks <laughs> <laughs> so i i've never purchased a bullet for that gun i you know i yeah. give dad if he you know if i i don't think i've ran through my first 60 yet but when i was getting low i think he restocked me this year because i was down to i don't know 20 shots or something and the way we do deer drives down there. You never know. Yeah. So, so he restocked me and I just gave him some money and he loaded some more. So,
1: yeah, I shoot the, I'm still shooting a 12 gauge and, and I shoot the, the federal trophy copper, the all copper bullets. And I've been happy with them. You know, I like the way they perform Uh that was kind of a conscious effort to move away from lead we had a actually the first turkey i shot was with lead shot and ended up getting shooting a little low and getting a fair bit of shot in the breast and so that was a that was a bit of a I don't want to say turn off, but it was definitely, it, it definitely spurred a handful of conversations when we were eating that turkey and you bite down on a, you know, cause I picked lead out as best I could. And when I was cutting it up, you know, we, we did turkey nuggets and, uh, you know, a handful of things with it. And, you know, you'd see, oh, there's, you know, there's a hole there, you'd see a dark spot, you know, and I pick shot out of it, but there were some that got through. So we cooked it with lead in it, you know, we heated it, we then, you know, turned it into whatever we turned it into, you know, tacos, like I said, turkey nuggets, whatever. Then you put it in your mouth, bite down on it. (laughs) And, uh, you know, then of course proceed to spit it out on your, on your plate. But, uh, that's one where I, I had intentions. I mean, the like the the tungsten turkey loads are you know great in theory, but I, just too rich for my blood.
0: Uh, yeah. Well, I, if yeah. you're
2: not also, I mean, if you're not shooting a four ten, you know that's it's overkill, basically. Yeah. You know what are you planning to do? It can you know send its head to the next county? Right. You know because yeah, if you can, if you can easily kill a turkey you know with uh with a 410 you know sending that through a a 12 gauge it's like geez yeah it's a little bit of overkill i guess you know
1: yeah, yeah. so i had planned to switch to at least some like a copper plated lead bb You know, hopefully, you know, the idea being right, the copper is going to encapsulate the lead. The lead then won't leach out. And even if we get them in the food or the breast or whatever, it's copper, it's safe, it's no big deal. I haven't done that. And now, you know, ammunition is basically non existent. So I'm going to shoot because I had bought, you know, boxes of, uh, I don't even know what I shoot, but I know it's a lead, a lead pellet turkey load
2: mm-hmm.
1: um so
2: you get pretty good for performance out of that
1: uh yeah i mean it does uh it does de- you know now that i'm thinking about it i may have bought some federal copper plated lead yeah. i don't know i should have went through my my ammo box here but i think i may have both now but only like one box of the copper-plated stuff and probably three boxes of the lead stuff.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I, you know, get significantly better. Well, I take that back. It's not necessarily the copper-plating, but um, I use Federal Grand Slam, you know, which is copper-plated. And, well, actually just Federal in general it seems to
0: shoot the best out of my gun um yeah, okay yeah remington... i get pretty good performance i get pretty good performance on the target too <laughs> <laughs> on the target. Couldn't, oh, what what couldn't tell you what it does yeah. to a turkey but i could tell you it goes through that paper good yeah yeah
2: <laughs> right yeah i mean i'm mostly talking about patterns you know but yeah i my gun just doesn't like remington turkey loads And because and the copper plated Remington was even worse than the the cheap turkey load. Oh, okay. Because you know I you know I'm a sucker for a deal, so in trying to find plus you know tinkering, you know if I find some turkey loads on sale, it's like oh well, I wonder if this is a this will be better than what I have. Yeah. Um. But that I'm I'm a big fan of uh, the federal grand slam. It's you know I I think in general I'm a big fan of the federal flight control wad. That's what I'm really a fan of. You know I think that as long as you don't have no. a ported choke, I've heard and can't remember who it was but someone that we had down at the cabin was shooting federal flight control through a ported choke and was just getting horrible you know I was like shooting shooting it through a rifled barrel you know it was just getting
1: horrible oh, really. I wonder because I think I think I've got some I don't know if it's Grand Slam or what but I think it was a federal turkey load. I think it has a flight control wad. Now that you say that, as I'm going back in my my memory bank here, I want to say the federal was, was patterning, it wasn't horrible like you're explaining, but it it wasn't as good as the the lead Remington Nitro Mag or whatever that that lead turkey load was. Mm-hmm. Like maybe but I am shooting a ported choke.
2: Yeah, yeah. That could hmm. have an impact. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, I think from now on I'm going to you know start making a conscious effort to try to buy non-lead ammunition. I mean, I'm I'm not really concerned about it too much.
0: Right.
2: Um you know, mostly because I'm not shooting deer through the front shoulder and if i do shoot a deer through the front shoulder i realize that 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 meat is garbage you know right. i i understand that i've ruined that part um but you know if prices are roughly the same you know i'm 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 willing to pay a little bit extra to get a non-lead uh non-lead ammunition
1: do they Especially make a other than the tungsten stuff, do they make a non-lead turkey load?
2: I'm I'm sure someone makes like a a steel, but you can't okay. shoot that through your average uh, turkey choke. You know, it'll blow it up. But I'm oh, sure someone the constri- the, rest, the right.
1: constriction's too tight.
2: Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And I think they make uh, like. I don't... You'd probably know better, but, like, the the copper powder, you know, uh, ammunition. Copper it's, powder? Yeah, they, they make ammunition out of compressed copper powder.
1: Oh, like, sintered copper or something?
2: Yeah, I, I, I would assume that maybe someone makes a turkey load out of that. Or, uh... You know, one of those, uh, because the other option is the, like the, you know, not strictly tungsten, tungsten, but, uh, the polymer with tungsten powder in it.
1: Oh, okay.
2: You know, they make polymer tungsten powder shot. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what exactly... Because, yeah, in in the turkey hunting realm, lead, you know, is definitely very popular. When it comes to all the different types of hunting, you know, lead is where it's at. You know, everybody, if they're not shooting tungsten now... Right, yeah. You know... Everybody wants lead.
1: Yeah. Well, I think that's uh, probably a good place to wrap it up. It was a uh, you know lot to uh, lot to go over there. Like yeah. I said, I'll say it, say it again: we're not experts on this. It was just you know kind of a conversation around lead and and you know the different. Areas of the conversation and and I guess things to be thinking about as you're making ammunition choices. Maybe in today's day and age, maybe ammunition choices are being made for you because you got to buy what's available. Right. But
2: uh, yeah. And I definitely think that if if there's a hunter demand, you know, for non lead ammunition, uh, you know, there would be more options on the market sure and the prices would fall you know cuz i think that's the biggest drawback right now is in most cases lead ammunition is far cheaper right know? okay so but if 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 there's more interest in it i think manufacturers would find ways to make cheaper non-lead ammunition and you know with the volume uh prices could fall sure yeah but yeah this is all you know when there you can actually have a choice in what ammo you buy (laughs) right yeah i mean yeah right right now you're buying what you can what you can get yeah
1: and hopefully you've got I mean, hopefully you can find some turkey loads for turkey season coming up or hopefully you've got some back stock because yeah, slim pickings. All right. Well, well, thanks guys. And hopefully you all enjoyed the conversation.